we welcome you now to a true church perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis. The dead man message. When you are born again, we are born into what? A new life. Our old life does what? What does our old life do? Our old life what? It's gone. So when you get saved, the old you is gone. This is so hard to do nowadays because we have so many deficits in our upbringing. Deficits in our upbringing change the way we're supposed to be behaving. That's where the the desire of sin and the desire to be hard-headed, all that stuff comes from your upbringing. So those of us that grew up in a deficit, we may be spiritually brand new, But a lot of times, the old way we did things, some of us just can't shake it. Old behaviors. Our old life is supposed to be dead. We become new creations. We forsake the old way. The old man and his deeds are what? Dead. That's the dead man. The old man, the way you are, people should be shocked when they see you now. You, the, the old you is supposed to be dead. Second Corinthians 5 and 17 says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a what? And y'all, I quote these scriptures all the time. I put them in here because I don't want you to get used to them. Okay, this is an important scripture. If any man be in Christ, he is a what? New creature. That means your attitude has totally conformed to God. It's different. A cusser. Say folks don't curse. What you using the expletives for? Why all the new black religions allow cussing? Are they making beliefs just so they can cuss? You cuss because something was done to you, traumatic, and that's the way you let it out. That's all it is. So if you're brand new, why are you still cussing? Oh, I will preach this message. Why when you get mad, you start cussing? Well, Peter cussed. (laughs) Why do people say that? Peter cussed. He cussed it in Jesus' face. Well, but let's, let's examine Peter. What kind of person was Peter when he was cussing? He was a sellout, compromising, jive turkey. Sold Jesus out. That's what was in him. And Jesus told you who put that in him. He said, Simon, Simon, the devil has what? Desire to sift you like wheat. But I've prayed for you. So he's saying the devil put, that's why he's cussing because the devil was still in it. So when you get upset and curse words come to your mind, the devil is in you. I preach this. You ain't supposed to make somebody mad and they just go, you blah, blah, blah. Oh, forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, brother. Forgive me, Lord. What? Sound like you was holding that in for a while. You used the Cat Williams Dictionary. The new words. (laughs) Yeah, you shouldn't be holding that in. You should be delivered from that if you're a new creation. Can I preach in here? Why you want to go to the club? If you still want to be at the old stank, dark, ashy club, getting dressed to go sweat, 
rub up against somebody that stank in the dark, get felt up, drunk, get a buzz, lights driving you crazy, you don't even know where you are by the end of the day. But you know you're sexually charged and you're ready to do something dumb because you was in that atmosphere. If you still desire that, you ain't saved. Period. You know why? Because you're not a new creation. Something about you ought to disagree with that. I ain't scared of you young folk in here. I preach this. You don't, ain't no, man, you better not let me see your Instagram and you up in the club. We got cyber police in here watching. Tattletales. Professional ones. Be up in the club all stank and then wearing the shirt. Got the ABC shirt on. All about that club. That's what it means when I'm in here. That's what it means in here. All about that. Amen. Why do you want to be around sinners all the time if you saved? Well, Jesus hung out with the sinners. Go to Joel Osteen's church, please. You're in the wrong church. Because our Bible does not confirm that Jesus liked hanging out with the sinners. Our Bible tells us that the sinners tried to find Jesus and come where he was. Where he was at that party, remember? I'm pretty sure there was a DJ there. <laughs> On the ones and twos. Dude just killing the harp. <laughs> just rocking it. Bang, bang, hitting it up against the wall. That, that, that. <laughs> That was, that was the turntables back then. <laughs> That's so stupid. <laughs> we got we got a guest appearance from Bar Jesus. He gonna show up at the party. <laughs> He brought both his harps. <laughs> Watch him work. <laughs> that is ridiculous. Man, man, you shouldn't want to be at the club. You ought to feel funny when you leave. Want to repent. This is not to suggest that we won't be tempted or tried by our old nature. So the old us, amen. Can I preach against sin in here? Well, come on, I'll stay on it. Uh, you ain't supposed to be smoking weed. If you want to smoke weed, you ain't saved. You trying to get something that the Holy Ghost is supposed to give you. Amen. Amen. Christians don't get tattoos either. I just preach. I don't care. Well, I got some. Well, rebuke them and teach your kids how not to make that mistake. That's your testimony. Where did you go get it? What was on the walls in the place where you sat down and had that done? Did you pay attention where you were? You were in a temple performing a ritual. 
getting sacrificed. Just talking about, I was talking about all the tattoo testimonies I got, and I got some. And there was this one preacher this, when we were in uh, Virginia, and I'll never forget, he came up to me, he was like, Pastor Ken, can we go in the back? And I said, what you need to go in the back for? He said, well, because what I'm going to talk to you about, I got to take my shirt off. I was like, uh, I don't like where this is headed. Uh, can you give me a little more, just give me a little more information? He's like, no, it's about a tattoo. I said, okay. So I took him in the back. And he was like, man, I was a big Rasheed Wallace fan. So I went and got the exact same tattoo he has I got on my shoulder, which y'all know it's, it's the sun. But it's, it's actually raw, the sun god on Rasheed. He said, but when I got it, I knew I was called to preach. And he's like, so, I mean, it's like when I got it, he's like, I just started feeling weird or whatever. He's like, and then every time I start talking about the gospel, he said, oh, See, it's doing it now. And I was like, what? Pulled his shirt off. Tattoo was moving. The sun was doing what the sun does. Like this, on his arm. Yeah. And I was like, what? He's like, man, it does that. Whenever I start talking about the gospel, whenever I start talking about the Lord, it raises up, because it was about that far off his arm. It raises up and then starts moving like this. It happened right here. I'm sitting there watching it. We had to pray expel that, I mean, uh, denounce it, you have to go through a renunciation and all that. Folk don't even know what they're doing. You don't know what you're doing when you get it. We had a girl with a Delta brand on the back of her, on her back. We just praying on the altar. My wife just praying for it, and then she starts screaming, talking about it's getting hot. It's getting hot. And my wife was like, what is it? She's like, it's the Delta brand, brand on her back, about to light up with heat. You gonna go put that on your body? Yeah, I'll preach it. I don't care how many of you got it. We preaching about not getting it. Amen? See, we mature Christians in here, so we don't sit in here like, well, I wish I had died. You wish nothing. You preach what I'm saying, and you can save somebody else from it. But this is not to, su to suggest that we won't be tempted or tried by our old nature. Amen? Especially if you have a tattoo, your old nature will, will rise up through it a lot. You have to constantly Rebuke those spirits constantly because they will come back and call for it and claim it that they have a mark on you, ownership. Can I preach in here? And you know, we ain't ashamed of it, man. We just telling the truth so that we'll make some good decisions in here. As new creations, we should not entangle ourselves in sin again. So if you're a new creation, you're a new creation so you avoid sin now at all costs. You put yourself on fast. You hide in the house. They come by to pick you up. They outside blowing. You, you duck down the window seat. He must not be there. If that's what you got to do, amen. Don't feel bad about that. Well, I should be able to just walk out there and say no. No, maybe you're not ready for that. Maybe you need to hide. Maybe you need to tie yourself to something. If you got to handcuff yourself to the chair, whatever you got to do to get past those stages, those habitual stages, those stages where you found comfort in that sin, you got to do it. Galatians 5 and 1 says, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has done what? What did he do? He made us free. And be not entangled. What's the word after that? Again with the yoke of bondage. So stand in the liberty, Christ made you free, but don't go get entangled again 
with the yoke of bondage. If we are dead to sin, then we will not be bound by it. Making mistakes and errors is one thing, but practicing sin after being made freed, uh, after being made free is what? Senseless. If we are supposedly dead to it. Romans says the exact same thing. God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live, live any longer therein? If you're dead to sin, how do you live in it? What he's really saying is if you're still living in it, you're not dead to it. The enemy loves to tempt us with things that could possibly ensnare us again. He loves to cause us to constantly repent from dead works. This discourages us because of our lack of growth and progress. So when you constantly repenting for falling, you're going to be discouraged. And you're not going to grow. You keep falling into the same stuff and repenting for the same stuff, that's not growth. Amen. It's time to grow. Look at somebody say it's time to grow up. It's time to grow up. The sin you move down here with should be gone by now. But he wants us to continue to repent. Every, every time you talk to the Lord, it's repenting from dead works. How are you going to build a relationship with him? How are you going to have a relationship with the Lord if every time you open your mouth, you're repenting from dead works? You're going to be a babe for the rest of your life. Hebrews 6 and 1. Therefore, leaving the principles of doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works, but of faith toward God. So we're not going to keep babying you in your sin. We're going to force you to grow past it. The devil has no new tricks, so he keeps doing what he is good at. Whatever trapped you before is what he is going, is going to use to get you again. Your deliverance was a blessing, but that doesn't deter him. Devil ain't worried about you getting delivered. He was at the service where you got delivered. Watching. We'll see. While you was up there. Ah! Ah! I'll never do it again. Ah! Devil's like. Mm-hmm. Eyes just following you all while you're bouncing. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm just waiting till he get outside, but get home and get on that computer. Let's see if he delete the old bookmarks in the history. Uh oh, man, I know I'm preaching. Yeah, let's see if he go through that phone and delete the scoochie list. He got buried in folders. Now you got a phone book not in the phone book. Your phone book is a PDF. (laughs) Hidden in your documents. You just a covert demon. Just in case somebody find my phone. I mean, if I die, you know, I don't want everything up. If you die, why you care? You won't be caring about that phone when you die. You be wanting that phone so you can call somebody. Man, let's see. That's what the devil said. Let me see if he go through that phone list or if he keeps some numbers just in case. Man, I know I'm preaching. It's that old-fashioned stuff. Some folk can't get with it, but it's the truth. Yeah, so your deliverance was a blessing, but the devil ain't, man, that's that's not going to deter him. First Peter 5 and 8 says, be sober, be uh, vigilant. Because the, your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about doing what? Seeking. That's before you got saved. That's after you get saved. That's until Jesus comes. Until Jesus does something about it, 
by casting him into hell, he going to keep seeking whom he may devour. No matter what you were delivered from, you can still be tempted by sin. This is where the old church got it wrong a lot of times. Because they tried to get up and act like they were impervious. They would sing them songs, the things I used to do, I don't do no more. Which, that's a good song, but not the way they were singing it. They were singing it, pointing fingers at folks. Trying to be better than folks. How are you going to use the Holy Ghost to be better than somebody? But they, it was a competition. Who was the savedest and who was living the holy, holiest? Oh, yeah. I've been saved all day. No evil have I done. Why are you singing that? There's another day coming. Yeah, but just want to show off. How you show off salvation? And, the one, and whenever you try to show off salvation, the devil going to make sure your kids don't testify of it. You showing off salvation and all your kids are credence, full of sin. That's, that, that tells the story, your children. Amen. That's why we in here trying to make some better decisions so our kids won't grow up crazy. Amen. Because that's what it's about. It ain't about me talking about, how you doing, brother? Oh, don't touch me. Or you might fall out under the anointing that is on me. It's up on me. Up on? But no matter what you were delivered from, you can still be tempted by sin. If you put yourself without strike, I mean, put yourself within striking distance of it. We are humans with a sinful nature. So that is a formula for disaster if we do not put our faith and trust in God's power to save us from ourselves. Amen. You got out of the power of God to help you with you. Point at yourself and say, I'm crazy sometimes. I'm crazy sometimes. I am. So I need the power of God to intervene. I mean, anybody ever just went before the Lord and said, Lord, help me. I'm crazy. Close all the doors. Put sheets and tiles over your head so can't nobody hear you. Please, why do I keep? Anybody ever just, you avoided the mirror because you knew if you looked in the mirror too long, you're going to say, what's wrong with you? Why you do that? Ooh, you stupid. You, don't you call me stupid. That's when somebody got to come get you. Yeah, when you, when you go to, yeah. But Romans 3 23 says, for all have sinned and done what? Come short of the glory of God. So, I mean, we all have sinned and we all have a sinful nature that we are fighting against. So what awakes this dead man? Because he's dead. When you leave church, he's pretty much dead. Unless you just demon possessed and got mad at somebody after the message. You know, after the message, everything ought to be good. Everybody I speak to ought to just be good. Like I should be able to weave through the crowd and not purposely try to avoid somebody. Because I know the message did not help them. Like after the message, that ought to be the best time of your life. You ought to float out of here to your car. It's like, man, the message was beautiful. Oh, yeah, I got all the answers I needed. Everything is great. I'm about to go do what the message said. 
Folk come up and tell you, I'm the high pastor. Man, I've been needing to talk to you. How long was you here? I mean, it's been a couple of weeks. I'm just trying to get a couple of you know how many messages I didn't preach in a couple of weeks? And it, you, it still didn't take? Like, you still messed up? We want to put this, this dead man in a coffin. Amen. And keep him there. Look at somebody and say, keep him there. Uh, we don't want to be dealing with the dead man the rest of our lives. Amen. All right. These are the things that wake up the dead man. Familiar spirits. Familiar spirits. Leviticus 19 and 31 says, regard not them that have familiar spirits. Meaning, get away from those that have familiar spirits. Neither seek after wizards to be defiled by them. So what is a familiar spirit? A familiar spirit is somebody that has a spirit that mimics what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit knows you. Man, I'm going to preach on it. Holy Spirit knows you. It knows what you're lacking. It knows what you need. Well, familiar spirits do too. They ask other spirits about you. The people you encounter, they ask about you to get information so they'll know how to come at you in your period of weakness or your period of not being aware. They learn, actively learn about you. Yeah. Yeah, they real too. They real. And, 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 and depending on how, up, how, how high up the person is, that person can, like, do stuff quick. I told y'all this testimony before, but this, this is when I was really amazed at how fast these familiar spirits can speak to one another and get info. Because the devil ain't just sitting around with everybody's number, but he can get your number through his folks that work for him. Understand? Some people are planted in your life right now to get information from you. Most of the time, you date them or sleep with them. I was at Big T Bazaar in Dallas. Nobody was in there. Hardly nobody was in there. And that was my first time going. Like, you know, my first time ever being there. This was before, was I married? I was married. Okay, I was married. Oh, but we was living in, at your mom's. Okay, we was living at your mom's. I was married at that time. We had to live with people when we got married because we didn't have nowhere to go. Okay. But uh, I was living with her, her parents. But I was at Big T, just going to stop by to just see what Big T was all about. And I was walking through there or whatever. And there was a woman. She's a, a psychic, or a witch, whatever you call it. She's a psychic, whatever, old lady. She's old. She had her head down, and I guess she had just gotten tired of passing out her flyers, so she was just handing them out. She wasn't even looking. Just people walked by, she was like, hmm, hmm, So everybody walking by. So when I walked by, she did this, and then she snatched it back. She didn't even look at me. She snatched it back and then looked up at me. And I was like, I can't have one? She said, you don't want this. She said, you Christian. All right. I'll take that. All right. Long as you know. Then I walked off. What in the world just happened? But that she knew. And she knew quick. Like, probably when I was pulling the car in, somebody came to her and told her that. Like, Y'all, they, they ain't playing. Yeah, that tripped me out. So the Bible says, regard not them that have familiar spirits. Neither seek after wizards to be defiled 
by them. So when you seek after wizards, and this don't mean that you done called the psychic hotline. Man, I'm going to preach it this morning. This is going to be a real man. This don't mean you called the psychic hotline or you stopped by the psychic reader or the tarot card or whatever. You could have just went to the church meeting where they was bringing Brian Corn. Or you could have went to the church meeting where they were bringing, what's, give me another name, one of these creeps, Bernard Jordan. Manasseh Jordan, Bernard Jordan. You could have just went to a meeting where they was bringing well, Juanita Bonham. Because they all familiar spirits. So they know your credit card number and your address and all. Familiar spirits. Telling them quick. I mean, telling them quick. Yeah, but these are familiar spirits. They mimic the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a comforter and brings comfort to us when our lives are in disarray. Well, familiar spirits do the same, but they use sin and lies. That's why folks go to those meetings to get comfort. Please do me. Please do you sit in the audience. You want them to call you out because you need to find comfort because your life is in disarray. Oh, sister over there, sister. So I see you. I see you. Uh, stand up, sister. See, God is saying that. You're the... yeah. And that's not even how biblical prophecy worked. These were encounters people had one on one. Why do you need the microphone? If God gives me a word of knowledge, I don't need the mic. If I'm going to use the microphone, I'm trying to prove it to somebody. I'll come up to you and give you a word of knowledge and nobody has to ever know I said it. If it's from God. Man, I'm preaching in this place. Yeah, but folk let this junk go on and don't know that the the good news they gave you is going to be followed by a whole catastrophic life. Your life is going to be a wreck after that dude prophesied on you. Because he put a spirit in you. The Bible said to be what? Defiled by them. You were defiled. You were spiritually molested. What happened when you get naturally molested? You have a life full of trying to deal with that and fight against that. Well, the same thing spiritually. That's why we don't do that. I ain't got nobody. I ain't inviting. We've had a handful of folks that I trust. I'm protecting y'all from that. Amen. I don't need nobody up here wrecking the church and I got to get up the next week. Oh, well, see, y'all with them. No, because some of this stuff I can't take back in a sermon. You went home with that. Planted that in your house after you heard it. Yeah, but familiar spirits, they do the same thing the Holy Spirit does, except they use sin and lies. These are spirits people use to attack our senses and cause us to relive past experiences. When our mind wanders back into those places, our bodies will soon follow. That's why they like to take you back. See, when you were a child, you such and such and such and such. And once you go back, your body's going back. Now you got to deal with the sins of the past. Folks start popping up. I ain't heard from her in years since I've been married. That's what they always say. I ain't heard from her since I, I haven't seen her since I've been married. When our minds wander back into those places, our body's going to follow. We must rebuke these spirits and do it how fast? Quickly! Or you will find yourself back where you used to be. Soul ties. 1 Corinthians 6 and 16. What? Man, I love Paul, man, because he was yelling. He's like, what? 
Know ye not that he which is joined to a whore is one body, for the two shall become one flesh? You slept with whores? You slept with whores and whores of dudes and women. So you tied to folk you never met. But the enemy will use these to connect you with people against your own will. You don't even want to be connected with them no more. But you got a soul tie. You can get soul ties from letting folks in your house. Eating with them. Yeah, that's why whenever somebody in this church wild out and start going against the pastor, going against the message, and well, I don't agree with everybody. First thing they do is start calling all the folks that they've been eating with. When you yoke up with people, it can form binding spiritual ties that hold you which can cause you to be pulled into compromising positions. When deliverance from bad relationships come, you must what? Break the ties spiritually as well as what? Naturally. Yeah, a lot of pastors text me, man, this message is powerful. Oh, man, you did great. I was like, yeah, brother, thank you, man. Good to hear from you. But some of them, I couldn't text back. I couldn't text back because I broke that spiritual tie with them. And I, bruh, matter of fact, I got to block you. I thought I had done it. Let me re-block the block. Because some folks, I got to, no, man, not you. Am I preaching in here? Man, don't, don't, don't do that to your mama. See, folk crazy. Oh, pastor says, see, because my mama does. My, my mother-in-law let me block her because she's she doing up to no good. Now, you can't do that to her. You got to get along with her. Somebody wrote that down. Check. It's on. As soon as I walk out of service, I'm going to turn my phone on and... <laughs> Hard-headedness. Some folk just hard-headed. Proverbs 14 and 8. The wisdom of the prudent is to understand his way, but the folly of fools is what? Deceit. Being hard-headed will always make you pay. My old pastor used to call it fool's hill. So, man, that dude, he just, he just wants to climb fool's hill. Hard-headed. When you have been there before and got burned, then you should know better. Well, you keep getting burned. Look around you. Are you, I mean, they put a rat in a maze and put something in there to shock the rat. He ain't going back. You don't want to get shocked again. Put a human in the same maze. Let me try this hand. Hard hitter. <laughs> Look around you. Are you making the same bad decisions you made before? and expecting a different result. Y'all know that's insanity. Are you being ambitious again? Are you self-serving again? Are you chasing other folks' opinions again? Trying to be like somebody, outdo, compete with someone? Are you competing with humans? These are all formulas for disaster that you should recognize because you are probably paying for previous hard-headed Anybody paying for a previous hard-headed I mean, are we in church? I mean, we can be honest. Everybody gonna look at you funny. How many of you paying right now? 
for some hard-headedness that happened. At, see that? Okay. So you already paying right now. Why would you do it again? Look at somebody and say, don't do it again. Look at somebody else and say, don't do it again. Galatians 6 and 3. For if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing, he does what? Y'all know somebody like that? Think there's something. They look like that, but to them, they feel like that shadow. Like, brother, you king of nothing. You ain't even king of your children. Your children don't even respect you. You're king of nothing. Sitting no, arrogant. Pompous. Don't try to act like you are impervious to temptation. A lot of the old saints got in trouble with this. Lying to yourselves creates self-righteousness. So when you think you got it, then you think everyone else should have it. And when they don't have it, you think you're better than them. Arrogance causes you to operate on willpower instead of God's power. We must always believe that it's by God's grace and power that we are able to be changed and not by sheer strength or might. Because the minute you get confidence in your ability, you fall. Pride cometh before the fall and the hearty heart before destruction. So once you think you I, so that's why every day we got to know that it's the grace of God keeping us safe. Amen. It's God's grace got me this far, and it's God's grace that's going to take me onward. Narcissism. Ooh. This will bring the devil back in your life every time. Matter of fact, a narcissist, the devil really never left. It's just hard to help people like this. And the Bible deals with narcissism. Second Timothy 3 and 1 says, this know also that in the last days, what's going to happen? It's going to get bad. Now, watch how Paul, the first thing he mentions is narcissism. He says, for men shall be lovers of what? Lovers of their own selves. Covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemous, disobedient to parent, unthankful, unholy, without natural effects. It's just showing you how it all leads up. Man, when you go to loving yourself too much, you begin to love your kind too much. When you begin to love your kind a little too much, you begin to swing both ways. Without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers. A narcissistic person hates people that are good. They're always trying to take down somebody that's good. How do you hate good? I've had narcissistic people in my life, and I'm like, dude, are you really trying to destroy me and the church? Because you mad? We've had members in here try to t go stop the church because they were upset. I mean, but you, it just ain't right, man. Y'all just don't know him like we do. I mean, you don't really know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I've been calling around telling folk, uh, folk need to know. I was like, do, do you realize that folk in here are trying to do right? And I'm preaching good. You believe the message is good? Well, the message is good, but see, you, you, you. So you're going to tear down the church and the word and the people because you upset? That's narcissism. That means you more important than everybody. Sin is hard to resist when you feel you deserve it. So narcissistic person believe they deserve and are entitled to the stuff that they want. Even if 
it involves sin. Preachers tell me that, you know, I mean, I, you know, I have these desires. I mean, I'm a preacher, you know, and when you preach the gospel, man, you just be, you know, you, you're a little above the regular person. So the regular people desires you don't really have. You be, they be telling me that. It's still sin. They think the, the, the rich and famous lifestyle just crosses all lines. Because somebody got your name on the internet somewhere, you think you something, you think you're entitled to sin? Or God is going to excuse you? No, it was the rich man that went to hell. The rich man. The beggar went to heaven. The rich man went to hell. And you know what his punishment was? His eternal punishment was he had to watch the beggar live like he used to live. Some people feel that their sin or selfishness is warranted because of what they've been through or who they believe they are. This entitlement births a narcissistic person that is very hard to reach. I think it's impossible. I think a narcissist person, just, they just going to go to hell. You can't, you can't help them. You can't help them because they don't think they need help. And then once you start helping them, they think you're trying to think you better than them. I was talking to one brother. I was like, brother, I just want to help you. Oh, so now, so, so, so now you, think, you, you think something's wrong with me. I mean, I'm just saying, dude, I can help you in this area. Yeah, but I mean, what about the areas in your life? Let's go to hell. Just, just go. Just go. Go, man. Go. Go now. I can't help you. But that's narcissism. They don't want you taking any kind of position. Oh, I'm equal to you. We equal. I mean, the word, I, I get the word too. I be speaking to me. You can't ever put them in a position of learning. You can't ever put them in a position of student. If I'm the pastor and you're in here, you're a student. Amen. Now, if you don't want to be that, two exit signs will get you out of here. But that's what it is, right? So I don't need you sitting here second guessing it. Oh, no, I don't agree with that. No, no, you, you was right about that. But, you know, that's narcissism. This entitlement versus narcissism. When a person believes they are special or deserving of special privilege, they are a respecter of persons and will never be free from past sins. So when you feel Special privilege, your respective persons. That means you look and you discount other people to feel better about yourself. Then you only want to be around the folks with a name or the folks that can do something for you. So you ain't going to ever get free. You must renounce entitlement to be free from narcissism in order to keep your dead man dead. Triggers! Philippians 4 and 8. Glad y'all giving me time to preach this message because I needed a little time this morning. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Amen. This is the message. I, this is what I preach all the time. You got to know triggers. You got to know. Your, look at somebody say you got to know yourself. You better know what triggers the old you. God has changed your spirit and your soul, but your body is still your body. Certain triggers release memory pathways that can lead you back into bondage. Oh, how many times I got to say it? Old songs. Y'all don't, don't, don't you start going down memory lane on Apple Music. Triggers. Some folks can't have Facebook. You just can't. You can't. Some folks in here right now, under the sound of my voice, need to go home and delete it. Because you keep linking up with everybody you used to know. And it's bringing back a memory. It's a trigger. 
You can't go forward because all them folks holding you back. You can't even be faithful to service. You miss more church because you in a bad way Saturday. But certain triggers release memory pathways, songs, movies, fragrances. You in the cologne section of Ross smelling the old green bottle polo. That's what he used to wear. The old green bottle. Gold top. You open it and close it two many times, that gold part come off and you just got the, the under... <laughs> I know what I'm talking about. Cool water. You walking through the mall. Oh, what? Who was that just walked by? Was that Rufus? I remember that. These can all be triggers that flip switches in your body. You want God controlling the switch and not you. When you get lonely, when you get sad, when you need comfort, let the comforter of the Holy Ghost do the job and not what you did back in. Summary! The longer you walk out deliverance, the further away from the old man or the further away the old man will be from you. So the further you go, the further away from that you are. That means progress. The more distance you put between you and who you were, temptation will become less enticing. But you got to put distance there. But this is not an occasion to feel you are above who you were, because had it not been for God's power, you'd still be bound. Right? Recognize that it's not you, it's not your will, and it's not your own power, but it's by God's power that we are all saved. Therefore, if we stick close to him and his will, we will not. Ain't nobody falling back into sin close to God. It's impossible. If you are close to God, you don't fall back into sin. You fell back because you weren't close. You have to step away from one to go to the other. So, if we stick close to him and his will, we will not fall back into sin. Jude 24 says, Now unto him that is able to what? Keep you from falling, present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, dominion, and power, both now and ever. He's able to what? Keep you from falling. Winans had a song years ago. It's good to know he'll be there whenever I fall. But it's better to know that I don't have to fall at all. You've been listening to A True Church Perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis, founder of EX Ministries and pastor of the Adamant Believers Council in North Richland Hills, Texas. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to be a financial blessing to us, please send your donation to EX Ministries, P.O. Box 24870, Fort Worth, Texas 76124, or donate online at exministries.com.